owned community is critically important to businesses because if you don't own it and something goes down, then you're stuck without a way to connect with your customers. Welcome back to Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast from Koros. You are looking for the next step toward creating a connected customer experience. And this is the place to learn from industry peers and leaders how to build a CX strategy with human connection so that you can create customers for life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Titans of Customer Engagement podcast. I'm Natanya Anderson, VP of Customer Solutions at Koros. And today we are joined by Becky Scott, Senior Manager of Technical Community at JumpCloud. And Becky is new in her community journey with JumpCloud, but this is absolutely not her first community rodeo. So I am excited for her to share all of the thinking that is going into this new community space at JumpCloud. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited to be here. Well, why don't we dive right in? Because I think there's so much information and such such a great conversation to be had here about starting up a new community in your current organization. But before we do that, I would love to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are, right? Tell us a little bit about your journey and your career and, and, and how you landed where you are today. It's an interesting story because I started out a long time ago just kind of doing community for fun. I think a lot of us start out that way just you know, as a hobby, just, oh, this is fun. I, I really like being in community and connecting with other people. And I did that for a long time in various hobby forums. And then I was on Twitter and I saw someone saying they were looking for a community person. And as I was reading it, I realized, oh, I'm actually doing this right now. And wait, you can get paid for that? This is a job? You can get paid to do what I'm already doing? And it was a friend of a friend, so I talked to her. And it didn't work out right then, but a few months later, she offered me a job. And that's when I started working in enterprise communities. And it was at Verizon. And that's what really just where it, it took off. I already had the skills, I just didn't realize that I could put them together in such a way that I could be doing this as a career. And it really opened up a whole new world for me once I realized that, and, and I had been doing pieces of it when I worked for a university. I had been working with students. I had been proactively monitoring what they were doing out in various communities already. This was back in the days of LiveJournal and when Facebook was just starting. And I was already watching what they were doing and watching their conversations because they were talking about the university and school registration. And that's what I was in charge of. So it turned out that I had already had some of those things going on. And then as I was uh, piecing those things together, I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. And so a whole new world opened up. And then I started working in enterprise communities and off to the races from there. So then Verizon, Cisco, Cloudera, places like that. And really just, I, I love it. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you when you talk about the early days, right? Before uh, when Facebook was new cuz I feel like sometimes I think I'm the only one who remembers back in the day when when the only way we could do community was if it was like brand sponsored or if it was, you know, some of these sort of more nerdy 
locations. And then all of a sudden Facebook, you know, came into the world and, and Twitter and all of a sudden this idea of community, which wasn't new to so many of us, all of a sudden was sparked and, and it was interesting. And I think it, I think it was accessible for so many people because they didn't have to set up a brand owned community. But I also believe that over time, people have come to understand that owned and earned community are two very different things that you have to think about and manage in very different ways. Well, it's funny because just yesterday, Facebook and WhatsApp and Messenger were down for a good portion of the day and people were like, ah, but it just goes to show you that that owned community is critically important to businesses because if you don't own it and something goes down, then you're stuck without a way to connect with your customers. And I think that that just really brings home how you can have those non-owned, non-earned communities, but that can't be the only thing that you're invested in. Absolutely. It was it was so interesting yesterday to watch everyone sort of work through what does it mean that I can't connect in the ways at which I to which I'm usually connecting. And I think when it was just an hour, everybody's like, okay, it'll be fine. But as we were rolling into sort of hour six and hour seven, and then of course when everything came back, watching the commentary go by in the evening was fascinating. And I I hope that this creates an opportunity for some people to think about, okay, how could I create an owned space, right? That's a complement to what's earned just because also the conversations there are different and the opportunities there are different. So I I think it will hopefully be an impetus for some, some folks to consider a yes and adding to the way that they think about engaging with their customers. Yeah. And there's still going to be some things where customers are going to form their own spaces like like they do on, on Facebook and other places. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you also need to have other ways for them to connect with you. And I think that's really a good takeaway from that, that you have to be careful about spreading yourself too thin, but you need to have a variety of ways for people to get in touch with you. Absolutely. You know, I think as we come back to this idea of owned community, obviously in your role today, JumpCloud is is just now starting the journey of community. And I would love to know more about what was that impetus for starting the community, right? Other than clearly you have a ton of experience and a lot of passion, right? But but what's the business case and the real reason that you were that you pitched for for starting this community? Well, we have a a small Slack community at the moment, and we've got a a lot of very passionate users. It's a very focused case on support. But as we've been talking in the company, and they actually brought me in specifically for this purpose, was to build a bigger community, more focused on IT admins globally, and not just on support use case. So thinking about the bigger, a community of practice for global IT admins. So not just focused on our product, but what are IT admins doing globally? How are they managing the changing landscape? IT has changed so much even in the past five years, much less last 10, 15. It's just grown so much and and gotten harder <laughs> in a lot of ways with with security and all the different devices and, and things like that. So so thinking about how it ha- the landscape has changed, all the different things that they are now responsible for, especially around security, but but many other things too. And then thinking about career progression and so many other things. We really wanted to think about what can we do to help IT admins grow in those various areas and really focus a lot of those different conversations that are happening 
in a lot of different areas and they're very scattered, right? And, and try to bring them all into one space if we can, so that they're not having to go all over the web to find things. And when I, we first started talking about this, I was a little concerned about the, the spread of people's attention. This It's not just Zoom fatigue of being online all the time, but it's digital fatigue. We get all of our entertainment digitally. We're, as so many people have been working remotely for the last year and a half, almost going on two years, we're in front of screens all the time. So how do you how do you fight that? And we started talking to our customers and we actually did some user research with our, our UX team around what people wanted. And so we started putting this in front of them. And it turned out that it actually resonated this consolidation of conversations actually resonated more with them than I thought it would. And so I was pleasantly surprised to find out that yes, instead of going to five or 10 different places, they would like to go to just one to talk about these different conversations. And part of that is they use Google a lot to find information, which is fine. And you can't do that with Slack, right? That, that's one of, the, one of the problems we're coming across. But being able to house those conversations, bring them all into one space for them, but also allowing them to see who they're talking to and see the person's expertise. There are spaces like Reddit and Quora and Stack Overflow that, I mean, there is some karma and reputation that you can see a little bit, but unlike forums where you can start to build a reputation and start to show like we can integrate in the future with some of our certifications as well as allowing people to show their reputation over time like how many questions they've answered and stuff like that and that becomes really important in tech spaces so that you can see what answers people have given and that's a little bit harder on some of the other places that like like Reddit in particular. And and I love I love Reddit. I, I love the team that runs it. But you don't know the expertise of the person you're talking to, especially their IT expertise. So that gets a little bit harder for you to know if the person you're talking to has 10 years of experience or one year. And you don't know what certifications they have. And you don't know how many correct answers. Because you can't mark a correct answer really on places like that. So it gets harder to know, did this person answer, give a person the right answer like 10, 15, 20 times. And you know you get to know that, oh, this, this person really is an expert. So that was really important to us. And then over time, we do want to build a corner of the community that is Jump Cloud specific, but really it's about the bigger IT community in general and trying to give back to them and foster a bigger sense of community there like like some others have done. And we know this is a crowded space. And so that's that's one of our challenges. Cause I, I could name I could name all the different names of people that are out there that are, that are doing something similar, right? So so that's where it gets that's where the challenge comes and, and it's kind of a fun a fun and, and a little bit scary challenge too. Right. No, I, you know, I think you're in this context of there are already other communities that these experts are expecting or, or that they participate in. So they bring some expectations. And the other thing is, is you have to give them a reason going back to this digital all the time. I think all of us are becoming more 
intentional and thoughtful about how we spend our digital mind space, right? So the other thing that that you're sort of looking at is how do I convince people to give me some of their digital mind space that they're already probably giving someplace else, right? Like I do think uh, our digital attention is a pie and it absolutely like at some point becomes depleted. And so I'm curious how you're thinking about that differentiation and, and really that opportunity to encourage people to come engage when they potentially are engaging someplace else. Yeah. In fact, I have been looking at the the onboarding and member activation experience over the last couple of weeks, and that's literally what I'm working through and trying to design right now and, and thinking about what can we do that can make this sticky for, for people and what and really it comes down to what's going to make it useful enough that people are going to want to visit and come back. So we're looking at what content is going to be extremely useful for people because that's that's really the big thing. If it's not useful and not helpful, then people aren't going to bother. So right now, it's working with our content team to we've got we're making a, a list of what do we need to have in there that people are going to want to come and and see and use. And it really is going to be about content that people starting out for the first time can come by and say, Oh, I'm new to IT or, you know, like I'm, I've been in IT a few years, but I'm starting a team for the first time. Like this is the first time I'm building, building a team for the first time in a small company, or I want to move from being an IT specialist to being a manager for the first time. So those types of content are the things that we're hoping to have in there to kind of guide people, like some guides and templates and and useful things. I think sometimes, you know, you want to do something, but when you've got a blank page in front of you, it's like, I don't know where to start. That blank page is intimidating. But if we can give people ideas and just say, hey, here are a few templates for, you know, just just sending notices to your users and take it and make it your own. But at least then they aren't starting with a blank page and they say, oh yeah, this this no well this doesn't exactly fit, but oh I can I can change this and I can change that. And then I've got an email that I can send out to my users to say either welcome or hey, it's been 90 days and you need to change your password. Just even simple things like that, you know, that that's what we're, we're planning to start with are those really useful tools. And so I've been having conversations with a lot of IT admins trying to figure out what they want. I mean, really, what what is it that is going to be the most useful to them? And it's really that day to day stuff that I don't really have time to create this, but I need it. For example, last Friday, we have this every other week, thing called the IT hour. And my counterpart, who's our IT evangelist, our tech evangelist, Ben, he did a session with one of our product managers, Tom Bridge, and they did a talking about beta testing and why you should test. And Ben came up with this great template of tracking testing. And he showed that and it got a really great response. So that will, once we get the community spun up, things like that are going to go up on the community as a resource for people to come and get and say, oh yeah, well, I may not be able to create a template on my own, but I can grab that and then tweak it to fit mine. Because sometimes, again, that just coming up with it on your own is hard, but once you have something to start with, then you can make it your own. And that that's what we're hoping to do. 
No, I love that. I feel like one of the scariest things in the world is a blank piece of paper or a blank document on a screen, right? But having some place to start often is all that you need. And, and, you know, as I listen to what you're talking about, I think some people think about community largely as a place to converse, right? To, you know, to connect and converse. But what I love about this is there is a real action component to what you're talking about, right? We're not just going to sit around and say, oh, you should have a template, a testing template, or you should have a plan, but also let us provide you with some examples of that, right? So that people are able to take what comes up in the conversation and action it in their own day-to-day, which feels like this really deep value that you're providing to folks that particularly the ones who are new, right? Like I love this focus on, on ones who might be new to the role or new to the job as they, they try to sort themselves out. So, so I really think that, that that's important for folks to remember is it's not just about the connection and the conversation, but helping empower people to do whatever it is they're trying to do with the community, right? Whether they're trying to troubleshoot a problem with the product or whether they're trying to move their career forward, there's an action component that community has a real opportunity to support and brands have an opportunity to support it with that content component. Yeah. I mean, and there will be a hope that that people will be able to ask questions of each other and get answers. And I would like to encourage the more seasoned users to be able to provide some of that content that is useful. Like, you know, I've been in this career for 20 years and, and I have some templates that I would love to share with others. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can encourage people to do that. And those that are experienced help the ones that are up and coming or, or don't have the knowledge yet. But we'll start that by providing the example and by seeding that there so that hopefully, you know, lead by example sort of thing is what we're going to try to go for. I think it's really the context setting, right? Like you're, you're creating really specific expectation about what people can expect to get by giving up some of their very valuable time, right? To participate in the community and really leading the way with here's the kinds of things that we're going to do in this community. And so it, it removes some of the ambiguity, but still creates a lot of space for the community members to make the community their own, which I think is that that delicate balance of, of we're going to create this space and we're going to help you understand why we're here, but please, it's yours. So, so how can you also be involved in the shaping of that? Right. I think it's such a delicate balance. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's experimentation. We'll tweak it, tweak it as we go along and, and let people tell us what they want. I mean, so far we've been hearing from our customers and, and other IT admins, we want actionable things. We want templates. We want things we can put into use immediately. So that's where we're, we're starting and then we'll adjust over time. That's awesome. One of my favorite things about community, you don't have to have all the answers when you get started, right? Just a willingness to, to listen to what the community will tell you. I wonder, you know, since you were brought into the organization for this express purpose, clearly there's there's buy-in inside the organization and, and a desire to do this work, but have you had to overcome pockets of resistance or help set expectations? You know, I, I think that even when a business is, is really rallying around community, sometimes there's still work to do internally around how people think about community and what their expectations are. Mostly it's expectation setting around how quickly we can do this. Everybody is excited and like, oh yeah, I want to do this yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, it takes a little more time than that. But I have been pleasantly surprised at the, the time I've been given to talk to people and come up with a strategy. Like, like there was no pressure on really figuring out like, what do we need to do and how do we need to do it? But once I got that strategy out there, it's like, okay, 
let's get a vendor and let's get a you know platform and let's go. We can have it in a month, right? <laughs> it's like, well, maybe not. But but I've been pleasantly surprised by how excited people have been and all the teams that have been, yeah, I want to be involved. And I've actually had to say, okay, hang on. We're not quite ready yet. Let's, you know, we've got this minimum viable product, this minimum viable community. So we're going to start, we're going to launch kind of narrow. And then we've got a plan for, we're going to add things like our, we've got Jump Cloud University, we've got our MSPs, which is our managed service providers, and they run Jump Cloud on behalf of companies. And then we've got our customer success and support teams. And then we've got product who wants to do ideas. So we've we've got a whole long list, which I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that, but we can't launch with all of it. So setting expectations with the teams that yes, we want to partner with you, but we just need to, we need to get the community launched and get these things in place and get people in there and participating and then we can start to add these other things on as as we go along. So over the next year, you know, we'll we'll start to add these additional things. I'm really glad to hear that because I have a, another customer that I'm working with and they have so much excitement inside of their organization. And, and, you know, we're really trying to define like, what is the MVP? How do we get started? And there are all of these folks who want to be part of it. And we want to think about how we encourage that excitement and how do we maintain that excitement, but sort of manage the urgency, right? And, and I think this ability to paint a picture of how a community evolves from an MVP where you get some into the market and then you test and you learn and you add requires a little bit of internal education. And again, it's that delicate balance of we want to keep people excited, but we need to create some space for the community to find its its rhythm and to add those things in in ways that make sense over time. But in the end, I feel like it's still a quality problem. Oh yeah, definitely. And and they've been good to like some of them have been on the committee that was helping choose choose the platform and, and go through the bake off and things like that. And that's one way to keep them involved and excited, but also help them to understand that this is this is a, a long process. It's not something that that happens right away. No, absolutely. I, I you know, I think I think it's so great to hear about all that you're going through real time, right? As you think about bringing this community to market, what's its purpose? How is it different? What does the vendor evaluation look like? How are we getting lots of other people involved because with so many folks out there who are seasoned community practitioners, sometimes it's hard to remember how we all started. And so I think it's it's awesome that you're willing to to share what's happening sort of from square one, right? We'll have to have you back in a year so we can talk about like what's happened in the last year. <laughs> well, what's what's funny about all of this is I've been in so many communities that a lot of them were, you know, right, right midstream. So taking a step back and starting all over again is is interesting because you do have to go, okay, like this is spinning up from scratch all over again. And it's been a while, but you know, you know how to do it, but it's like, wow, this is a, a green field. I get to design things from the ground up. So I get to, I went to a bunch of internal people who are gamers and we sat down and started talking about, okay, let's talk about gamification and what should we do and how should we design the the rankings and and so they started talking about some fun things around gamification that i think we can accommodate in a fun way using badging and things like that that 
I had kind of thought about before, but not really in this way. So, so getting that new perspective is fun and thinking about, oh yeah, you know, maybe we could kind of make it more of almost like a collector's thing. So we're thinking about it in a little different way. And now we have to come up with, okay, so how, how are we going to like the naming and the theming and things like that? And just trying to be creative that we haven't had a chance to do in, in a long time. So that's fun. And then I get to take it to the designer and have them interpret it. No, that's so awesome. Well, I, I so appreciate you sharing the beginning of your journey with us and all of your thinking. I, I hope that it's uh, instructive for those folks who may be considering a community, but quite frankly, maybe for some folks who've had a community around for a little while. And it's like, how do we take a look at our community thinking about what if it were brand spanking new, right? What might we do to create some energy and some new ways of thinking? So I think no matter where folks are in their community journey, this idea of starting from the beginning has has a lot of merit for reinvigorating the work you're doing. And so so with that in mind, I would... And also going back to this idea of action that we talked about earlier, I wonder if you could share with us the one thing that you think anyone can do to improve their overall customer experience that they could go and start doing today. Well, I think that it never hurts to go back and talk to the customers again. Like sometimes we get so busy running the programs and running around doing all of the the day-to-day stuff that we don't stop and go back and and not just gather the information that's coming from the community, but really stop and have those one-on-one conversations with people. Like literally go spend 15 to 30 minutes talking to people from the community or people that are our customers that maybe aren't in the community and just get an idea of what they're thinking about. What problems are they trying to solve? It doesn't even have to necessarily be a directly community-related conversation. Just ask them, like, what are the biggest problems that they're trying to solve in their business? And that alone can really give you ideas around what you can be doing in the community a little differently. Like, what can you be doing? What content can you be providing in the community that can maybe be helpful to someone? Another thing is having some internal conversations with maybe someone who isn't that keen on community and just talking to them about their part of the business and what they're doing and what their biggest problems are. Not even really necessarily talking directly about community, but hearing what they're working on, because that may spark an idea around how you can help them. You don't go in saying, this is what community is all about. You just start talking about what they're doing, their part of the business, and what problems they are trying to solve. And then something may come out of the community that can help them. But you're you're just going in trying to be a partner rather than immediately jumping on community can solve your problems, but, but you're listening first. And then you're saying, well, you know, maybe this can help you a little bit. And here's how community can work. But if you just go in to, to be a, a listener first and hearing what people are working on and what they're struggling with, you may come out with new ideas that that may not, you may not even be able to implement them right away, but it might give you a new way of thinking about what can I be doing differently in community and how can it maybe help solve problems in a new way? And it may be around content or it may be 
a completely new program that you hadn't thought of that you could implement at some point. Or it may even give you an idea to go say, hey, I can do this in community, but I need some new resources to do it. And, and just be thinking about how you can rework your programs a little bit. I love that. Always let the customers tell you what they need. You know, I, th- I think that that's so foundational to the kind of experiences we're all trying to create. And so as we wrap up, I am curious uh, where we can get more of your content. You've offered so much great advice today. Where can people follow you and learn more? Well, I'm on Twitter occasionally. I'm not on there as much as I used to be, but I'm at Lola Getz, which is L-O-L-A-G-O-E-T-Z. And that's whatever Lola wants, Lola Getz. That's where that comes from. (laughs) I did that a long time ago because I couldn't find a name and it kind of jokingly came about. And then on uh, LinkedIn, you know, I'm Becky Scott, but actually my LinkedIn URL is also Lola Getz because that way it carries over consistently. Nice. Consistency across the social channels. A thing we didn't think we would need back in the day when Facebook and Twitter first showed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, once once we were able to get customize our URLs, I was like, well, I might as well just keep it consistent across there. And people are like, Becky Scott, why Lola? Well, you know, I guess, you know, it goes back to just keeping email, Twitter, like, you know, it's all just the same name across there. That is the one benefit of being early adopters of all of these is, is I actually have my name in a variety of places, just straight up Natanya because, uh, and people are like, how did you make that happen? I was like, I'm older and I was early in the process. <laughs> so... <laughs> Exactly. First thing I do on a when a new platform comes up is I go take my name. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, it's just it's like a lesson learned. And I'm like, that's the benefit of, of, I suppose, of having been OG, as they would say today. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And I can't wait, seriously, to visit this again in a year and see how far you've come. So so really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Koros Atlas at community.koros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect, and Koros can help. Koros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience, from outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat, and SMS, to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer-first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at koros.com.